0: This time on the Triple T Productivity Podcast, I'm talking to professional organiser and Evernote certified expert, Julie Bestry. I really enjoyed this chat and I learned a lot as well. Uh, Julie kind of takes a hybrid approach to productivity and loves paper as much as she loves her Evernote. So we talk about dealing with paperwork, deciding what to keep and what to shred, deciding what to scan or if to scan it or just shred the lot of it, burn it in a big fire or something Uh, we also decide where to keep everything as well and how to avoid digital clutter we find out when julie first found evernote and what feature if they removed it would send her on a twitter rant and julie offers the best life advice ever honestly this is the best life advice ever check the links in the show notes subscribe to the pod if you enjoy it let's get to it hi julie hi john Thanks for doing this. I've been looking forward to this for a while.
1: Me too. I'm delighted.
0: Yeah. I mean, I, I know your name from like from the beginnings of Evernote from a long, long time ago. And I've visited your website, your blog and everything. You're like almost like Evernote royalty, aren't you? I think. I mean. <laughs> <laughs> no, not,
1: not at all. If, if I were, I, I, I'm, I'm more a lady in waiting than anything else. <laughs> I like that.
0: Well, I'll tell you what. Let me give you 30 seconds to explain Uh, Who you are, what you do, starting about now
1: well i'm julie bestry and my company is best results organizing in chattanooga tennessee i'm a certified professional organizer a productivity coach and an evernote certified expert i help overwhelmed individuals save time and money reduce stress and increase productivity i work locally and virtually and i blog as paper doll adding whimsy and pop culture references to organizing and productivity lessons how's that
0: that's fantastic. That's pretty, but that's like thirty seconds. <laughs> I love the name of your blog, Paper Don. That's a great name.
1: Well, when I when I thank you, when when I started, you know, I, and I've been I've been a professional organizer for twenty one years, and I have been blogging since two thousand seven, mm. when people were st- were still asking what's a blog, yeah, and and so uh, although. There are many, many residential organizers who blog about residential topics. I started out mainly concentrating on paper, and I've expanded to uh, paper and productivity. But uh, I, I like paper doll because um, there, there's sort of a history behind the word. That's that's a little double meaning, and uh, and. You could sort of pack me up flat and and, and uh, put me as a bookmark. Bring you, bring me along
0: with you. Well, one of the reasons I was really really interested in getting you on the podcast is because you, you do have kind of you you don't hate paper, do you? You're okay with paper, all right? I I, yeah. I am. I, yeah. I
1: believe in the analog approach. Uh, yeah. Some people some people assume that I'm a luddite because yeah. I, I'm I'm talking about paper, but I believe that um, that. Analog approaches, whether that's paper or a digital clock or, yeah. or anything analog can coexist yes. in, a, in a hybrid way with digital because yeah. we, we have f- everything from our brain chemistry to our, our comfort levels depend on us being able to use both to accomplish our goals. So, yeah, yeah I love, I love paper. It just isn't always the right solution. You wouldn't yeah. You wouldn't want to write down uh, a Zoom URL, for sure. example, oh, no, so that you paper. remember yes, to use it. You exactly. wouldn't want yeah. to hand to write that on a Post-it note.
0: No, 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 God, no. Oh, no, you wouldn't. And you're also an Evernote-certified expert. Yes. Um, so you use Evernote quite a lot. When did you first find Evernote? Um,
1: do you well, remember? I when... when Pete, somebody asked me this not that long ago, and I went into my account, and it appears that I started in 2009, but I'm going to tell you, for the first several years, I almost entirely used it just to clip articles from Mm -hmm. the web. I didn't even use it really for note-taking for years, because I was rather late to the game in having um, an iPad, and I was even later in having an iPhone. I, I sat at my desk. A lot and did I and I use a desktop computer, so yeah. I wasn't mobile, so I wasn't really taking advantage yeah. of Evernote until I became I just started uh, taking the the course to become an Evernote business certified consultant, which yeah. was the precursor to the current program, and that's where I got to see all of the nuances of what Evernote had to offer. So that was in in 2015. So there were six years there where I was really underusing Evernote. So I have notes from like 2011 that are still valid, but there are things that I clipped. But but it really proved that you don't know something well until you know it well enough to teach other people. And I really got that out of the certification program.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I think you're the same as a lot of folk. I mean, I was the same. I was kind of like 2008. And then I didn't use it an awful lot for for quite a few years. But I think you're right about the, the fact that we probably, Evernote was very early to the game, wasn't it? Extremely early. And we probably didn't have enough digital stuff to put into it back in 2010 or something because we'd only just started going mobile, hadn't we, I think?
1: I, I think you're right. I think that techie people, we're ahead of the game, as is always the case. But I don't think anything really takes off until I, I hate to say average because nobody wants to feel like they're average, but until the average person had the hardware to make use of, for want of a better word, the software. And so the technology is always running ahead of what the average person uses or knows how to use. And so there there's sort of this misstep people often make where they think okay well I've got this thing but then they don't learn all of of the intricacies of yeah. it and so they tend to underuse it and if you underuse something you don't necessarily trust it because you don't understand how it works and if you don't trust something whether whether it's you know a paper planner or or yeah. your digital CRM if you don't trust something you aren't going to commit to using it yeah. in in all the ways that are going to benefit you.
0: Yeah, absolutely. We've touched on it a little bit, but you, I mean, you're very much in a hybrid approach to all of this and note-taking and things. Just explain a little bit more about what you mean by by this hybrid approach.
1: Okay, so let's let's talk about calendaring, okay? Yeah. Yeah. So just keeping track, or, or you might say diary. So here's, <laughs> so, um, I think we all came up from from the days where you had uh, like a philo fax or something, or or a here we have a Fra- you know Franklin planner, a printed calendar where where you kept yeah. all of the information regarding where you had to be and what you had to do, and then they started inventing all sorts of digital calendars. So yeah. almost and. To be honest most people have multiple calendars. I use Outlook yeah, yeah. so I've got an Outlook digital calendar and I have a Google calendar because yeah. people you know groups you're you're a part of will sign you up up for that and so you have multiple calendars. Well what's the problem with having multiple calendars you you never are sure if they're not synced together. Sure. What's going on? So I often explain I have a paper calendar It's just like the the old franklin planner it's, it's yeah, in yeah. the pretty leatherette binder and for any place that i have to be outside of my office anything that is an important appointment even if it's a phone appointment or or a podcast appointment like this it goes on the paper planner but i still use my digital planner the the yeah. the calendar in outlook for anything that has A digital connection so I talked about having a zoom link okay again I would not write my zoom link down in in my paper planner so (laughs) I can set up the digital calendar so that I have all of the essential links to the things I have to do digitally including having it give me a, a reminder pop up on my screen 30 minutes before whatever I'm doing so I can make sure that I'm fully prepared and and in the moment so I think with everything that we are looking at we don't have to say it has to be paper or it has or it has to be digital in fact so many people are surprised when they see that i'm using a paper planner at the end of a session with an in-person client i'll pull out my paper planner for us to schedule and i'll see their shoulders drop with Mm -hmm. relief because They've had this sense that they should feel guilty about using paper because it's old fashioned. Yeah. We have all sorts of research that shows that for certain reasons, it's better to use paper. John, yeah. when you take notes, yeah. you yeah. take notes in Evernote. And, and yeah. I'm guessing. Well, and that makes... not
0: all the time, you know, uh, it depends what notes I'm taking, to be fair. Uh, if I'm taking that... notes in a meeting, and I need to, I mean, we'll touch on this a little bit later, because I want to want to want to talk to you about it. But I mean, when I take notes in a meeting, I tend to write on on paper.
1: Well, and, and see, if that makes sense for you, mm. that's exactly what works. What The research shows is that if you're trying to learn something Mm -hmm. so if you're taking a class and you handwrite your notes the the information goes from the person speaking through your ears into your brain where you translate it into something that you can write quickly because none of us can handwrite as quickly as we can think or hear and we are translating it into something that we can explain to someone else or explain to our future selves. Yes. That works great for learning. In a, in, a, in a meeting, for example, if you want to keep track of, of uh, next actions, something like Evernote where where you're not necessarily learning so much as capturing, the, the digital work is fine, but if you try and type notes in a class, you tend to transcribe, you don't stop to interact with the information. The fact that you are taking notes by hand when you're in a meeting is another way for you to engage with the material in a way that ensures that, that you sort of personalize it and, and, Make it part of, of what's going on in your brain. And yeah. I think people have to know what works for them.
0: Yeah, exactly. If I need to remember something, I'll write it down. I, I can't remember things if I just type it into Evernote. I, I can't. Be, because uh, you're just yeah.
1: a transcriptionist I, Exactly. Then. You, you, may, yeah. you may as well be the dictation function in your phone. It's yeah. like you, you get the words out, hopefully, no need for autocorrect, but your brain just doesn't engage in the same way.
0: Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm writing notes on notebook now. We can. Paper, actual paper. Uh, and I'm writing notes now, and I don't really need to look at it because I know that I've written down calendar diary because you mentioned <laughs> the word diary. And, and I thought to myself, I still say to people, I'll put you in my diary, but I don't. I put them in my Google calendar, but I still say diary.
1: <laughs> I love that.
0: One of the things I do on the podcast is ask the same three questions to everybody who, who comes on. And the first one is, what's your kind of number one Overarching productivity tip. The one thing you kind of like tell everybody to do.
1: Ah, well, well, this is this is me in a nutshell. Don't end your day without setting yourself up for success for the next day. Mm. That means you're gonna evaluate your priorities for the next day. You're going to look at your diary. You're you're gonna look at your calendar for the next day. You're gonna look at your task list, and you're going to figure out what's important for the next day. You're going to gather all of your resources. And that comes from the fact that I'm not a morning person. Uh, So before I go to sleep at night, I've got my work bag packed. I've got um, my call list out. I've even got my next day's outfit at the ready because (laughs) Then the only thing I have to do in the morning when I am grumpy and blurry is eat breakfast and groom myself. There's no yeah. expectation that my brain is going to get in gear. So so for productivity, I always tell people, everyone talks about you know the 5 a.m. morning and the miracle morning and all of that. I yeah. say, your morning starts the night before yeah. and set yourself up for success the night before for a... a Great
0: next day. I think that's a really good tip. I, I mean, I'm an, I'm a morning person, not five a.m. morning person. <laughs> that's a little bit too early. But I mean, by eight o'clock, I've usually been on an hour hour and a quarter's walk, um, and I've planned what I'm going to do during the day. But before eight o'clock in the morning, um, because that's I, I can't I can't do it at, at night. But I, I think planning your day is vitally important to be able to get things done, isn't it?
1: It is. I think what happens when you plan your day is that that little back room in your brain is going on, tidying up and preparing everything, so that when you hit the next day and start working, you're you're uh, functioning on all cylinders. I think you can get it out of the forefront of your mind, so it stops nagging you. Um, I like to say you can stop thinking of things once you yeah. feel content that you can start thinking about them with context yeah. and getting rid of all those little tiny oh I have to remember to do this yeah. things by, by taking care of it um, lets you ease into your day um, with some intentionality yeah
0: let's talk about digital clutter because there's plenty of it I mean ridiculous there sure of, is. Oh, <laughs> there's, there's, I reckon there's more digital clutter than there was ever paper clutter and, like, we all used to moan years ago, didn't we, with there was just so much paperwork. You had to have folders in your house and in the loft, didn't you? I mean, I've probably still got some. <laughs> and, and like, everything was on paper. All your bank statements would come and every transaction was – I mean, someday you'd have 20 pages sometimes, wouldn't you? And your bank statements came in an envelope. Well, um, I'm going to tell you my oh. dirty
1: little secret. I still get my bank statements and my credit card statements and most of my bills – by paper, don't tell. I, I, I feel bad from an environmental perspective, but right. great from a productivity perspective. <laughs>
0: well, a lot of companies here in the UK charge you for that, and now you know. They, they charge you extra. It's it's kind of like automatically they will email it to you, um, and, and you have to pay like a, a pound or something, or a couple of pounds if you want the bill sent to you by post.
1: And and that does happen here. Um, they're more likely to, to take the, the velvet glove approach by by encouraging you every time you log in. From, from a productivity perspective, some people do better um, with paper. And financially, I find that many of my clients who are uh, financially dis- disorganized, if we switch them from digital back to paper for things, making the representation of their financial situation tangible Yeah, makes it easier for them to keep up because people are so inundated with email that if they get an email reminder to pay a bill, they say, okay, I'm going to do that. But first, I'm going to look at these other 72 emails that came in with this one and things get forgotten. But if if they start again, if you start with an analog approach, you're so much better able to get a handle on something and then perhaps be able to move. Mm to the digital approach. But yes, there's so much digital clutter coming into our lives in so many ways.
0: How do you kind of deal with it? Do do you just throw everything at Evernote and just give it a title and just keep your fingers crossed and think one day when I need it, I'll find it? Or, (laughs) Or do you kind of like decide on what should be kept?
1: Well, I think you have to decide because otherwise you end up with the same digital clutter problem that people have throwing everything into a closet or under the bed or into a drawer with, with tangible clutter. Yeah. Um, digital clutter takes the form of information that we create. So there are our notes, our files, our copies of emails that, yeah. that we've made. There's information we acquire. There's you know anything that's inbound like emails, PDFs we get sent or that we download, yeah. links and bookmarks and favorites, oh my. Yeah. And then all the clutter that, that supports or is supposed to support our efforts from the digital invitations, uh, the notifications we get. So you have to decide w- not only what do you want to keep, but start with what do you want to even receive? And again, it yeah, comes back yeah, to yeah, that yeah, being yeah. intentional about what's allowed to get in. So you might need to stop notifications or unsubscribe yeah. from from email lists and and get uh, an RSS feed instead of subscribing to the emails that tell you that there's a new blog post because the RSS feed lets you go to it when, when you want to know about it rather than when the email is telling you about it. Uh, so I really believe that you have to limit how much comes in and then once it comes in, you have to decide, okay, what's allowed to stay and where is it going to live? Because that means you have to, assign a home you have a system to determine what gets blocked where it goes and and then review it all periodically so if you've got a million Evernote notes unless there's something that you're looking for you've got this treasure trove in there that's hiding from you so developing a system makes a lot of difference
0: yeah, it just I like the idea of managing what comes in because we we don't normally look at that point, do we? We just stuff just arrives and we think, what do we do with it? What are we going to do with it? I and like and
1: that. and we try and and we try and hide it from ourselves as yeah. quickly as possible because yeah. if we're not going to use it right now, then we want to get it out of our way because we know that it's a distraction if it's on our our screen. The problem with that is, again, once you you put something away, you're less likely to you know, get it out of yeah. that repository. Because I mean, we're, we're as you said, we're overwhelmed, we're inundated yeah. with everything that comes in. So you need to limit what comes in and then really decide, okay, I'm going to scan or not scan these, these things, I'm going to create a temporary folder within a al- lot uh, and um, an alert yeah. that once a day, I'm going to look at the things here, I've got a monthly reminder to go through and make sure that everything that's in your Evernote default folder yeah. gets tagged and put in the right notebook. Because if you don't have a system for keeping up with it, you're you're really not going to be able to find everything you need. Now, yes, Evernote has an amazing search function, mm. but if you don't know what you have, then you really don't know what to search for.
0: Yeah, you're absolutely right. Yeah, I mean, I've got i I've got a folder which are called inbox, which is where I just throw all sorts of things, screenshots and oh, web clips. And that's the default folder. That's where everything goes. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do, I, I check that every day pretty much and, and organize and, and turn things out. So there's probably about like six things in it at the moment. Um, but then I've got a receipts dump folder, um, which is an import folder. So I just throw, th- throw any receipts that come, I just save them to this folder and they just go straight into Evernote. And then
1: and then, what do you do with them? Do, Every do, now do, and
0: do you... no, I, I do I, I'm I, I wouldn't say I'm good at sorting them, but I do sort them. If you know what I mean. But <laughs> but but I, I I I've got other folders for like receipts for 2023, 2022, 2021, all that sort of thing. Um, uh, I shouldn't say folders. Should I, I should say notebooks?
1: Notebooks. Be, no but I'm being... but they're they're bins. They're con- yeah, they're containers. They're container, and yeah. And and the question is, if you're using them for tax time and i'll, I'll yeah. be honest i don't know how how taxes work in the uk versus here but but you've got all you've got all of these things and some are going to be apt for deductions and some aren't it's all about the intention the attention yeah that we we give whatever we're we're manipulating whether it's paper or digital it can't just live as it is we have to figure out okay what category is this it has to live with other papers or other digital files like it and that means you have to label it yeah you have to you know give it a name give it a proper uh, name uh, yeah so you can find it yeah right apply the the tags whatever you're going to do is going to be a matter of of giving it that sort of loving attention and the more you do up front the less you have to do on the back end when your brain is hours or days or weeks or months past when you originally created the item.
0: Yeah, I think it's a good idea to sit down and decide what you should keep and not keep everything because there's loads of stuff that we just don't need to keep at all.
1: You're, you're right. And and the biggest thing that we see is that um, there, there's a statistic in professional organizing that we, t- that we talk about all the time uh, – you know, you know the Pareto principle with, or the 80-20 rule that mm. says that uh, 80, 80% of our success comes from 20% of our effort. Well, 80 comes in again when we talk about 80% of what we file away, we don't seem yeah, to yeah, ever yeah. look at. Yeah. And so so uh, we need to be cautious up front and decide, does this need to live with me? permanently you know um, when I'm yep. talking about papers for example or, or digital files everything is either related to action or reference and if it's action it needs to be immediately accessible and sort of in your face because it's going to trigger you to do something yeah. but if it's reference it doesn't need to be catching your attention it can be neatly filed away but it has to be done in, in a thoughtful way. You have to say, okay, under what circumstances am I going to need this? Yeah. Or is it enough that I'm reading it now? You know, I've, I've put it in, in yeah. my action item file for stuff to read this week. I read it and trust that if I ever want to know more about this topic, there's this crazy little thing called the internet where yes. I can find something just as good, if not better, yeah. at, at the at the my fingertips. And and we really have to get better at making these decisions yes. because just like paper never completely went away, hmm. digital is never <laughs> going away. I mean at some point we're probably going to have implants in our brains where <laughs> where all of this comes in. But if we don't start amassing the skills needed to make the decisions about what's allowed to come in in the first place, and if it does come in where we're going to keep it, we're going to be crowded out of our lives by everything that we've saved. And that brings us back to what I do for a living, which is helping people organize and that's organising their stuff, organising their time and organising their thoughts. Yeah. So, yeah. so it all comes yeah. round robin.
0: Second question I ask everybody is, okay. is what's the best piece of productivity or life advice, the best bit of advice that you've ever been given? Could have been from a mentor or teacher or somebody.
1: Well, I mean, the best piece of advice is to use the, the restroom bef- whenever you get the chance. <laughs> you never know when you'll get stuck in a traffic jam on the Peace Bridge headed back from Canada. Uh, but, you but, know, uh, <laughs> the, the best productivity advice uh, is also life advice. And I got it from my mom, who my blog readers know as, you know, my blog is Paper Doll and my blog readers know her as Paper Mommy. Um, it's to count backward. Uh, from when something has to be completed to figure out the steps in reverse order so that they you know that you have enough time to do it Ooh, uh, in, in my childhood whether she was um, planning to get us to the airport in time for the flight or she was planning an event she worked backward from what time do you have to you know what is what is your drop yeah. dead dead date yeah. you know and, and roll backward well if you're going to be at the gate, you have to have time to get through security, then you have to get from the parking lot to to the gate, then you have to figure out traffic, to, and when do you have to be done packing and use the restrooms so yeah. you, can, you can go. And so from her, I learned that in, instead of thinking about the deadline for something, to start at the deadline and work backwards so that you accord enough time for everything you have to do. And that works great for me, whether, whether you're trying to get somewhere or you're trying to deal with something that's going to happen over a month, like researching, writing, and delivering a webinar. It really helps to start at the end and work backward so that you can make sure that you have done each thing that prepares you for the next thing that needs to get done. And it's so easy to start at the beginning and not see finish or only see the finish line and not see everything that comes in between. If you start at the end and move backward, you're really going to make sure you don't miss any steps.
0: And always use the
1: restroom. And always <laughs> use the restroom when you have an opportunity, especially <laughs> before you're, you're you're going to be crossing a long bridge.
0: <laughs> I like that one. I'm going to remember that one. Definitely. Um still do a, an Evernote question. Right, okay. I like this. Um, which feature, if they kind of removed it and they took it away from you right now, which would send you on like a Twitter rant? If that's if Twitter's still going, I think it is. Um, <laughs> what, what, what would it, What what if they took it away, what would get you on a plane to Milan right now to knock on the door and say, give me that back?
1: <laughs> well, I have been studying Italian for, for five years. So Ooh. if you gave me a second, I think I could actually say that. But um, it's hard to say for sure, because mm. I really do love Evernote, mm. but I like the simple aspect so if they ever got rid of the web clipper yeah i just i just lose it because i spend so much of my time at my computer i'm constantly clipping things to my account for specific projects and being able to clip something specify the target notebook and the tags all in one step is essential to me so that but but i got i got a second feature i gotta say I get pretty cranky if they got rid of the ability to forward an email yes. into my Evernote yeah. account. I do that because, loads. Yeah. Because I, I really like that. Yeah,
0: I do. I've got, I've got like automation set up where my CRM and my, my invoicing software automatically at like eight o'clock in the morning send notes and tag them and things via email into Evernote. So I know I've got to like send an invoice or do something. And that helps me huge. Yeah.
1: I I would say that's very fancy pants. I like
0: that. It is a little bit, yeah, (laughs) yeah. It's um, oh, it's really useful, really. And then I've got a, I've got like a little thing on the dashboard. I've got a filtered widget on the dashboard on the homepage thingy um, Mm -hmm. that I can just look at every single morning and say, right, I've got to send that invoice. I've got to do this and got to do that. And the CRM's connected, so it's all very, yeah.
1: Well, I think the integration Mm. of all of our technology is really what is going to set the people who are super productive and functional apart from the people who are scampering. Because um, eventually if you don't have the ability to integrate Hmm. all of your different digital realms, I don't think you're gonna be able to function as as smoothly or perhaps at all. I think we've got a few years until that. So you're excelling in these things. you're you're just uh, you're just light years ahead of the rest uh, the rest of mm-hmm. the the folks out there. but we're all going to have to get to that point where everything's talking to one another, kind yeah, of like the yeah. the uh, the digital home things where your iPhone is talking to your refrigerator. you know yes. eventually eventually that's going to be the standard.
0: Yeah, sending tweets from your fridge awesome
1: your fridge your your fridge is going to tell your your shopping list on your phone what yeah. you need to buy. your shopping list is going oh. to talk to you know whatever yeah. I don't know what the u k equivalent is of doordash and yeah. and and it's all going to be done without without you, without yeah. me it, it, it you know and then our our digital overlords whom we welcome, <laughs> we just have to hope that they're going to feed us things that we like.
0: absolutely. So so when you get your paperwork in and, mm-hmm. and, and you have all your stuff come through the post and that, what do you do? Do you scan and save as well as keeping the paper? Or do you just keep the paper? Because I'm thinking fire risk here.
1: <laughs> Honestly, I, I don't scan. No. And what I tell most of my clients, I, I will have people call me and say, I think I have a scanning project. I have 20 years of all of these papers of such and such. And I think I just need to scan them. And I, I just, I don't have time to file them. And so I ask, if you don't have time to file the paper that's already there right in front of you, how are you going to make time to come up with systems, with categories, with nomenclature, and manually hmm. scan all of these these things? I think what's more important is to do triage and figure out what you're going to let go of and what you're going to keep. Do I, do I scan? I don't scan at all. I do sometimes take pictures of things and throw them into Evernote. So when my yeah. new car insurance card comes, yeah. I, I snap a picture and that sure. goes right into Evernote so that if I ever need it when I'm out on the road, same thing. I also do it, um, you know, with, with, anything that I might get called on out in the world yes. to need because yes. I'm not carrying, you know, I don't have the 20 tons of paper, but yeah. even if I did, I wouldn't be carrying it around with me in my car or when I go into uh, a doctor's office. Yeah. So I have what I sort of consider uh, a self-cleaning oven version of of my paper files in that um Periodically when I am filing, I'm removing things, but absolutely uh, at tax time because I'm already going through all of my financial papers related to my business. And since I have Mm. a home-based business, some things uh, um, are are in both categories because uh, of what you get to deduct. And so as soon as I've completed my taxes, the older things, the things that are, are no longer necessary, they're at the back of the files, hmm. those go out and they get shredded. Yeah. So I really think the key is to have a system, but to be realistic that that system may not be to take things from paper to digital. If you've gotten yourself to the point where digital is what you want, then you can, as you suggested earlier, bypass the paper and have something just sent to you via email. And then you can send that email over, over to yeah. Evernote or put something in Dropbox or whatever. But if it's action paperwork, I use a tickler file. And sure. if it is reference paperwork, that's, that's where we get into evaluating okay let's do this reality check is this purely reference like my insurance policies or my medical records mm-hmm. file them away if they are um, action items that you know you you use you get invited to a yeah. wedding for example yes. and the invitation trigger you know triggers everything you have to look up the registry and buy the gift and yeah. Yeah. and figure out how to get there And those will move forward in your Tickler file, but eventually you won't need that wedding invitation anymore. The wedding is over and that gets tossed. I would say having a system to bring in the paper, determine how long it needs to be, where, whether it's action or reference, where it's going to be kept, for how long, and then making sure it goes to recycling or, or shredding when it is no longer longer useful to you, is much more functional yeah. than saying, oh, I'm going to scan all of this. Because all that, ha- all that happens if you do that is that instead of your 20 tons of paper that are surrounding you, you've moved them over by the scanner. Yeah.
0: yeah. And then you
1: won't be able to see the scanner anymore because there will be yeah. walls of oh, paper.
0: You're looking because- at my office. <laughs>
1: But then then you know it, then I think you probably know that it's true, that if you don't have time to deal with the paper, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. you don't have time to develop yeah. a scanning system and scan and keep up with the digital side. Again. I know.
0: I sometimes uh, worry about the glass on my scanner because the weight of all the receipts on top, <laughs> <laughs> they're going to crack through one minute and
1: it's gonna it's gonna sound like 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 everything is frozen outside <laughs> it's, and and it's and you're just going to hear it's going to be like hearing a tree come through your ceiling the glass is just going to break May, maybe maybe that's that's not the best way to do it maybe no, i probably maybe not. i can suggest a professional organizer near yeah, you
0: yeah <laughs> if i went to the bottom i'd probably see pension documents and stuff from like 2007 or something and it's like this is ridiculous i don't need that
1: and, and just making the decision to get to the it's bottom of, 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 yeah, just yeah. making that decision to look at what you've got yeah. triggers your next decision of, okay, do I actually need this? When would I actually need it? Can I let go of it? How shall I make it go off into, into the distance, go yeah. into recycling yeah. or, or shredding? Yeah. I think the biggest problem we have is that we avoid our, Our information, whether it's digital or paper, the more we avoid it, the more of a problem it becomes.
0: Final question that I ask everybody, got to be honest about this one as well. Um, What's your secret procrastination? How do you waste time? Because everybody wastes time.
1: My secret procrastination, what I am procrastinating on is, is first of all, Almost definitely going to bed. I don't know. During the mm. pandemic, we kept hearing about revenge bedtime procrastination, which is uh, it's a concept that started with the the millennials in China. They were working. They're working on what's called a nine nine six system nine a.m. to nine p.m. six days a week. So right. they would get home, and they and this phenomenon was, was I would say maybe six or nine months into into the pandemic everybody was saying that they would get home and it was it was sort of they they were taking revenge against the system against the universe against their bosses yeah uh by binging tv or scrolling or doing anything to avoid sleeping because sleeping isn't leisure sleeping is, is it's rest but it you know unless you have really good dreams all the time you don't approach sleep in the same way you approach a good book or or a yeah. really great T V series. No yeah. nobody gets as excited about bedtime as they did about like Game of Thrones. Exactly. And I don't think that what I'm doing is revenge bedtime procrastination, but I've had a lifelong inability uh to fall asleep. And if you have trouble falling asleep, right. you don't yeah. get excited about going to bed because you know sure. you're just going you're to just be struggle. tossing and yeah. turning. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm you know, I'm 21 years out of the toxic productivity of corporate America, so I don't oh, yeah. think I'm doing revenge bedtime procrastination. Yeah. I just know that going to bed is not going to be fun, so um, I'm going to be watching another episode of. Uh, so, uh, my my latest fascination is Star Trek: Strange New Worlds because <gasps> isn't it it so Wait-
0: it's so good. It's so good, isn't it? Yes.
1: Yeah, so so it's one of those things where I'm procrastinating on going to bed usually by by watching something it's um, you know, something digital. I'm wa- I'm watching television, but also um, I've learned that watching TV will eventually wear me out. Even though we're not supposed to use screens before bed, because if I read before bed. I will still be reading when the sun comes up. Sure. I, I can't stop myself from, from that. So yeah. so yeah, yeah, I'm procrastinating on going to bed.
0: I don't blame you. Yeah. I, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I I don't have that problem. I used to, but I don't anymore. Um not sure what changed. But um uh, I yeah, I, I think a lot of things probably changed to be honest with you, but I put my head down now. Out. <laughs> Oh God! But I do, I that... do, but I do wake up ridiculously early in the summer, and I think it's down to the the light. I mean, I've got blackout curtains, and I, I sometimes think of like gaffer taping, duct taping the curtains around the edge of the window and everything, just to try and keep the light out. And and I still wake up in the summer at four thirty.
1: Oh gracious!
0: Yeah, I go we- back to sleep again after like, but I still yeah. wake up. Yeah, uh,
1: yeah. My problem is I can't fall asleep. Once I have fallen asleep, I can go back to sleep. I can wake up. And answer the phone, have a 10-minute conversation, and com- be completely lucid, hang up the phone, and fall back asleep within about 60 seconds. Oh, but right. that, that initial trying to get, get to sleep at night, I've never been able to handle that smoothly. That's, Probably another that's, podcast. That's my secret, I'm confessing. Yes, definitely another podcast. You yes. need a whole podcast on sleep productivity. You could do a
0: podcast on Star Trek as well. I'll be up for that, <laughs> definitely. <laughs> <laughs> um Julie it's been fascinating talking to you. Um oh, John, thank where, you so
1: much for having me.
0: Where can we find you? Where's your where's your website and so all your bits? It's
1: it's it's easy cuz I'm Julie Bestry, J U L I E B E S T R Y, juliebestry.com. And uh, if you click on the blog when you get there, you get uh, all the way back to 2007, the Paper Doll blog, there are articles and all sorts of of information, so Uh, If you're local to me or or virtual, as we all are in our Mm. digital realm, people can work with me. But if they just want to read my blog, it's it's there and uh, it's easy to find me because it's just my name.
0: Fantastic. Brilliant. I'll put a whole load of links in the show notes so folks can tap on those straight away. Um, Julie, thanks ever so much for your time. Really appreciate it.
1: Thank you, John. It was a delight.
0: Thanks again to Julie for her time. Don't forget to tap on the links in the show notes. If you've enjoyed the episode, subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, your favourite podcast player. Thanks for listening.